And we're back with Cinema Cemetery. I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And it has been a bit of time. Perhaps not for you as much, but for us, Kate, <laughs> it's been a gap. We we keep telling ourselves we're yeah. going to stop doing this, but it's been a it's been just a busy uh, season, I guess. Uh, a lot of lot of changes in our schedules. Um, things keep popping up. So, uh, welcome back. We are this week looking at 1992's Unforgiven, actually starring and directed by Mr. Clint Eastwood. I believe this is our it first is. time first time seeing Mr. Eastwood. In the podcast, correct? Mr. Eastwood? <laughs> no, I'm just pulling out Back to the Future. Oh, yes, in there. yes. Anyway. We did see yeah. a number of other returning faces, but it's Clint Eastwood's, uh, I think it's his, his only time showing up. No, first of two uh, appearances in the podcast. One is Was it Million Dollar Baby? Mm-hmm, yes. Look, I know things. Yes, 2004, yeah. so got some time here especially at our current rate. Um, um, okay. Yeah. And it was exciting to see Clint Eastwood. I was, I actually, I don't know. Well, I, I probably have seen one of his movies. I'm sure I have. I'm not, you know, a complete monk, but it was cool to see one of his like nineties and a Western. And like, this felt like quintessential Clint. Well, I'm interesting that you use the word quintessential because that's a big part of what I want to talk about today and in as far as what this movie is to the Western genre. Um, I think yes. in trying to understand the direction not only of the Western genre but but any genre, uh, this film serves as a good um, foundation. Um, I agree. But Kate, how have you been? It's been a while. Um, you know, Dan, I've just been very sleepy. The school year got me, the school year feels like you jump on a train and you run alongside it on a treadmill. I don't know, but I'm, I'm definitely sleepy yeah. and busier than I have been in probably two years. So I think everything's catching up with me. How about you? Yeah, it's, it, we've got about two weeks to go, right? Until the big break. And so this, I, I wish we had one week. Two weeks is just, uh, you know, I can do one. I don't think we need two. But we got yeah. we got to, so we're we're gonna make it happen. But yeah, basketball <laughs> season is is into full gear, so um, that's that's starting up again. But everything else is chipping along. So uh, I'm excited about these movies that we have coming up. Though we keep, I, I think that's part of the reason we're slowing down because we 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 don't have too many left, and we're we're kind of excited about the next one so we don't want to rush them you know you don't want to like zoom through on like we got we got a few good ones we're uh, savoring in a row so yeah we're accidentally savoring with our in, unintentional yeah I don't, know. I don't know i don't think that's what we're doing but i think it's at least something all right Kate, well, do you know. want to tell do you want to tell us about unforgiven or should i take it up this time i know i usually send that your way um, I can try. I don't remember any of the names. I think full disclosure, I remember some things. I think the general story is your, it's focus. It opens very funnily and we can talk about it later. Like the, like it, this very clearly was a book that became a movie, right? Or am I, no, you're shaking your head. Yes. Feels like a book that became a movie just cause it opens with some text setting up the, um, from the perspective of this mother-in-law whose daughter married this horrible cowboy that was violent and a criminal. And like, she never saw her daughter again because her daughter died. Um, but so it's focusing on Clint Eastwood's character. He's a, 
uh, a, I don't know, murderer in recovery. He used to do a lot of the murders in the West and then met this woman and got married and settled down. He stopped drinking. He stopped doing the murders. Um, there's also another, a, a town not too far away, um, led by Gene Hackman's character who, um, basically ensures that like no guns are brought on the premises and he kind of acts as this despot in the town. Um, but somebody orders his, like somebody goes to Clint Eastwood and says, will you do some murders for me for money? And Clint Eastwood's hard up for money. And so he says, yes, I will go do some murders for you. And so then we follow that journey. Did I hit high points? You seem to be nodding some there's yeah, yeah I mean, i'm missing I, so, things i'm well, missing things the the instigating incident of the entire movie it, it takes place in a a brothel right and one oh, of I the i forgot about that this is the whole movie this is the whole point yeah, so a a prostitute the... makes the mistake of laughing at a uh, client and he uh, presumably drunken enraged uh he cuts, cuts her, face, up her face cuts up her face and so the prostitutes immediately want western justice right they want him hung and we have gene hackman who steps in and he says well um i'm gonna make him pay a fine he has to bring some some horses that he owes not the prostitutes but the the owner right of the establishment and so the the prostitutes are upset by this they don't feel justice has been done and so they put out a bounty they raise some money and they have a bounty um, to kill the man who has cut up this woman's face and that's what sets everything in motion so now these bounty hunters are coming into town and so gene hackman the sheriff has to you know not let people get bounty hunted in his town um and then you have clint eastwood who later meets up with morgan freeman as well as another character who can't see very well. And uh, they become the crew that they're going to come in and do the job. So we have these converging storylines of um, people that otherwise would have nothing to do with each other. But yes, everything else you said is correct. Um, he is a sort of a recovering, um, you, you get the sense he was, you know, a Billy the Kid type, right? One of those famous outlaws. And this is, this is years later. Um, as you were talking, it looks like it's not based on a book. It looks like this is an original story. Um, but that style of the text early on does actually fit in pretty well with, with other Westerns. So I can see why they did that. I mean, I also felt that way because it just felt like there were giant long gaps that when it's a book, you know, like it's a 500 page book. And so the movie just has long gaps of nothingness and then lots of interaction and then nothing. And that's why it felt that way. Yeah, the movie, it, when you look at the plot, not much happens. What we just said, the instigating incident is the first 10, 15 minutes. And then most of the movie is simply scenes with either Clint Eastwood and his crew traveling or people coming to town. There's a great sequence with Richard Harris. He plays... Oh, uh, he was great. It, yeah, is it English Bob? English, English Bob. Bob. He, that was my favorite part of the whole movie was English Bob. Yeah, so he he's, I supposedly, this famed uh, bounty hunter, and you have this great tense scene where he comes in and Gene Hackman has him surrounded, and um, he captures him easily. Uh, but then in prison, he attempts to, Gene Hackman attempts to goad him into, uh, you know, reaching for a weapon, so he has an excuse to, to, pull, to, to put him away. Um, English Bob doesn't, sends him out the next day. Um, but yeah, it's just this this big build up to what you know is going to come, right? You you have a retired outlaw who doesn't do much violence anymore. You have uh, Gene Hackman, who we'll talk about him in a second, but he's the sheriff, right? So he should be the 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 good guy. Um, and so you know that eventually there's going to be that conflict, and it's really just will will Clint Eastwood be successful or not? 
and I don't know. Will don't he? Know. That's it. Um, find out. Well, what what um, what did you think of the movie? I guess we'll just start there because this we could talk about what it does well and what it doesn't. But I I I'd actually really want to talk about what what makes this movie maybe different from a, a typical western a a um you know fistful of dollars type movie that you would have seen the searchers right that you would have seen in the in the 50s or 60s what what uh how, how does this change the genre well dan you're asking me a question that i just can't answer because i didn't want <laughs> all the all the movies you just listed i've never seen i don't know that i've ever watched a western from beginning to end i've certainly seen clips but the genre in and of itself this is probably the only full one and from what i've read this seems to have turned the genre upside down or reinvented it after it fell out of popularity so well i mean I say, you even oh. if you haven't seen them right you're familiar with okay. the tropes of a of a right. western genre yeah. right so what do we normally see in in the western what kinds of things um shoot 'em ups and men on horses going very far and there's usually a bad guy and a good guy and a hero and um bandits there's usually bandits and um a town and usually you see the jail at one point we got to see the jail so that was good um dudes are usually drinking in a bar there's usually a shoot 'em up in a bar so we hit that we've hit so many tropes and look at me. Well, nothing. what? I, yes, I, everything you've mentioned is those are all the pieces. So, what's I guess what's the story? What's the major story in most westerns? I don't know. I really don't. Well, I'm no, I mean, e- typically like good it's guy, good guy fights bad guy. Yes, is right. That... That's that's what okay. we're looking for, right? It's it's typically okay. either either there is going to be bad guy and his posse coming into town, right, and we have to defend the town, or like, there's like fifth cannon. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Um, or, or he, you know, th- there's some sort of outlaw out there in the wilderness, and we have to go track down the outlaw. Or, like mystery, right? Or, or uh, kind of like we saw uh, with um, Dances with Wolves, right? There is some sort of um, okay, yeah, that know, could because I'm I'm basing everything off of Back to the Future three. Right. Okay. So, but <laughs> there, these are typically. Typically, these are morality plays, right? This is this is good sure, guy, bad sure. guy. Um, clearly, that can't possibly be how it was back then. Um, you know, if you read if you read about the West, it yes, there were certainly areas of lawlessness, but it wasn't quite as wild as as they say. But this is just an overdone adventure. Um, I think one of my favorites is the gunfight of OK Corral, right? You even have these two warring uh, groups, and at the end, there's this big shoot 'em out between the clearly the hero family and and the villain family. Um, and, and so, yes, you have these very quite literally black and white sometimes, but it generally black and white stories. Um, even even Cimarron, right? Which is the only other oh, Western. Cimarron. I that guess was it was a Western. That was, was the first. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Western. It, that it just, felt like a epic set in a Western location. Sure. Um but but that was dealing with the, you know, dealing with the outlaws and dealing with the, the, the life there. That was a Western ish um dances with wolves was western ish um but yes if if you think about your john wayne right you think about your your stereotypical characters now what do we see here what do we see in unforgiven we see a good guy and a bad guy 
and posse and towns. Okay, so tell me who the good guy <laughs> and the bad guy is in this movie because I don't know. I'm not so sure. Well, yes. Well, Clint Eastwood's character was a bad guy turned good guy, so we see some character development. But then he also becomes a bad guy again. Okay, so Clint Eastwood is... You, you think about each of these characters' actions in the movie, and just Morgan for this, Freeman was good. Wh- what was good about him? Well, he left away before he left before all of the murders happened. So he was medium guy. Well, so it's interesting. <laughs> the as an audience, as the audience, so, so he's the medium guy. Clint Eastwood is actually. He, he gets the benefit of nothing, uh, or no? I'm sorry, Morgan Freeman. Mor- so, so when you think about these characters, you have you have um, Gene Hackman, who is the sheriff, and at the beginning you of the movie, was a good guy. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, you, you think he's the the going to be the hero, right? Because that's usually the sheriff's job. But Kate, what does he do that kind of takes us away from that perspective? From being the hero. I feel like there's a very specific answer you want me to give. No, just some of the things that he does during the movie that makes us as the viewers start to go, oh, wait, what? Um, well, like, he's very quick to assert his rule of law, but I'm not sure that he has, like, an elected position in which to do so. He's just kind of declared himself protector of the town, and so he takes people's weapons away he enacts lots of violence. He does some beating up, um, keeps people in jail. He's not nice. Um, I don't know. He just seems like he thinks he has more power than what he actually does. Yeah, so he severely beats English Bob, puts him in jail, and then sends him out. And that makes us go, okay. Um, but earlier you mentioned... And he Mor- bends English Bob's gun. Not bends nice. His, can't bend a gun. And earlier you mentioned, though, that Morgan Freeman's character uh, leaves. Can, wh- where does he end up? Oh, but then then he gets caught and then he gets literally whipped to death. So that wasn't like also not cool. Definitely on the no bad guy category. Yeah. So Morgan Freeman leaves and, and then he dies. Right. Uh, a different kind of it's leaving. It's not great. No. So yeah. So, G- so <laughs> Gene Hackman. Leaving. Gene Hackman's character, Sheriff Daggett, uh, is, is in a sense, the hero, right? His job is to protect the town. And if you would ask him, why are you doing what you're doing? He could probably give you a good answer. And you might even agree with his answer. Imagine you lived in this town. Uh, you, you probably don't want bounty hunters coming in and picking off your people. You're not getting involved in not. this prostitute situation. So is he the hero or the villain? I don't know. Dep- now, depends on who you ask. Now let's flip around and take a look at Clint Eastwood. Yes, retired outlaw now living a peaceful life called into what's his role here what's his mission to 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 kill the to kill the guy that knifed the lady to so kill like, a guy that knifed the lady right so, so it, technically like when you're looking at like you know morality he's killing a, 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 an a, an attacker so is that like okay yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is it okay? And, and he doesn't just kill him, though, right? He kills like ten people by the end of the movie. He well, goes shifts when you back take and, out one. Yeah, you got to like get them all. Like it's like Pokemon, but with murders. Right. So he and I think the audience <laughs> we are meant to root for him, right? Because Clint Eastwood directed the movie. We follow his perspective more. We see his journey, 
But at the end of the movie, he transforms from reformed man to his former self. And as an audience but, member, you're cheering. Yes, right? Save the day. You did it. Well, because he's like so good at shooting too. Like he's got excellent aim. So you're like, yeah, way to go on the aim. And like no one can mess with him. Like he could take on like once he like left that bar and he's like shouting at the whole town. He's like, I'll kill all y'all. Like I'm walking out of here and I'll mess with you all. And you're like, yeah, that's right. Like you will take on a whole town. So you're like, yeah, Clint Eastwood, go murder all the people. But then like, so you think maybe he's turned completely bad, but then at the end, he just like, you know, takes his kids and moves to a different town and leaves a peaceful life again. So like, man, his character's got some, some sides. Well, I think the whole point of this movie is you, you think about the title, right? Unforgiven. What does that mm -hmm. refer to? Um, I don't think any of the characters, it's interesting, I don't think any of the characters feel like they need to be forgiven because they are all acting what they feel morally and they could justify it. And mm -hmm. none of the characters, I would think, want to forgive the others because they are all committing terrible actions. So it's a mm -hmm. really interesting twist. It's this really gray story compared to what the genre usually is, which is very black and white. That's true. Although, point. oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say the narrative does set up Clint Eastwood, good guy, and Gene Hackman, bad guy. That's how we're meant to feel just by the way the story is told. But it could, you know, with just a few edits and cuts, we could easily be made to feel the opposite. It's like the whole, like, Pam in the office, or, um, oh, gosh, what's her name? Rashida Jones, when she shows up at the office. Karen. She's not bad, but we are led to believe she's bad. But really, yeah. she's just dating Jim. Not her fault. Well, it is her fault. <laughs> she's, dating on she's dating him on purpose, right? She just doesn't know that she's being watched. She's evil villain. Um, so yeah, it, do it does set that up. And I guess it is more complex. And based on the reading I've been doing... Um, that's what separates it from the other the other westerns that had been made prior. Yes, it offers that nuance of complexity and grayness to life and westerns in general. Yes, uh, we we see this a little bit earlier, right? You do see it in uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You do see a little bit of it in High Noon, where the town kind of betrays the sheriff and the sheriff's left to stand alone. So, not the first movie to do this, but. This is certainly post-peak Western, and we start to deconstruct the genre, which is typically what happens to genres towards the end of their life. They becomes popular to deconstruct them. So are the Westerns dead? Although that Benedict Cumberbatch, he just released a, a Western about something about dog, no country dog, dog country. It's on Netflix. Smile, smile of something. Yes. Dog. So well, now yeah. I kind of want to watch that to see what it, like, how does it play into that? Well, when you think about genres, right, they don't, they, they can die off, but they're not gone forever. The Even like musicals, right? You think about the big age of musicals with these big blockbuster shows, and now then we call them more subversive, and then they start to change. Even like a show like Into the Woods in the, in the 80s, right, certainly twists that trope, and then you get shows like Rent and, and Next to Normal and... Um, 
that, that kind of yeah, turned the, the genre on its head. Uh, we definitely see it happening now with superhero movies, right? You have 2000 with X-Men. Um, you have the 90s with the earlier ones, very standard stories. But then as the Marvel arc has gone through, it's clear that either A, people are starting to come bored with the old formula. Uh, and so really the only thing left to do is mess with the with the style. And so that's what we're starting to see a lot of now. We're starting to see a lot of... Um, Op, you know, um, villain perspectives. Um, we're starting to see right. a lot of Loki. Yeah, uh, Loki and the Venom movies and um, the multiverses and the just just like alternate twist takes on what the genre is. So that's typically a sign that it's not dying anytime soon, but it's it's on the the, the second half here. Hmm. Interesting, Professor Dan. You've taught mm-hmm. us so much today. I, yeah, well, I was watching this movie, and I'm like, this is what we see happening right now, right? And you see how, <laughs> even you think about, you, you could do this with any genre, really, but um, I see it a lot right there. Well, Kate, what did you think of Unforgiven? Just from uh, sitting down and you want to watch something? I'm watching what, it. What did, what did you take from it? Um, It is not a movie I would have chosen to watch on my own for fun, Um, but... When I think of the when I think of Clint Eastwood and the images I have in my mind of him, the, it's literally like every shot of him in this movie. It's just like, oh, that's I just I I probably saw um, previews on an old VHS of this movie, and I just anytime I think of Clint Eastwood, I think of this. So I'm glad I'm glad to have seen it. It somewhat held my attention it definitely elicited some responses and i would put it in the medium category uh the medium category just like morgan freeman with the medium <laughs> guy yeah. in, like in the i it, it did it did it like will it sit with me forever that one scene will where he like shoots the guy and he's not dead yet and so the guy keeps asking for water and <laughs> Morgan Freeman's like, okay, I won't shoot your friend so your friend can bring you some water. Like, yeah. that scene is painful to watch. It's painfully long. Like, painful in a funny way. It's not, It it's just yeah. awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, yeah. I forgot all about that sequence. Yes. Yes. That was. How could you? The whole no. thing, it reminds me of Austin Powers. Yeah. Like, the whole <laughs> thing is when Will Ferrell falls down the hole and it's like, hello. That's what's strange about this movie. Yeah, it's not it's not quite a drama. It's not quite a comedy, but it's not not those things. There there are definitely right. some intentionally funny moments here. Um, to me, this is really weird. This is like mid Clint Eastwood. So Clint Eastwood has his Dirty Harry movies, and he has his Fistful of Dollars trilogy movies. And so that's to me that's like classic Clint Eastwood. And then you've got like old grumpy man Clint Eastwood with uh, the the Space Cowboys and the Gran Torino and the Trouble with I the have Curve. Seen- Clint Eastwood. Space Cowboys was a favorite. Right. So that's like, that's like, I think about him like Robert De Niro. Like Robert De Niro has all these like really good, famous movies that he's real dramatic. And then now he's in um, Meet the Parents and Bad Grandpa or something, right? He's just in all these. Meet the Parents was so long ago. Like, so no, I just mean ago. he has these two eras of his. Of his he, he's either in like these weird comedies, or it's sometimes bad sure. comedies, or he's like in amazing Oscar-winning films. And and Clint Eastwood says so to me, or this is right in the like middle. He's in the intern. Yeah. yeah, this is this is like I, post. I guess I don't know Clint. Post peak okay. Clint Eastwood, but still good Clint Eastwood. But you see, this is that middle ground before he's about to become grumpy man Clint Eastwood and just kind of grump around all his films. Sure. 
So, no, I liked it a lot. I I don't want to see it more than once or twice. Like, this is now the second time. Maybe I'll see it again in 10, 15 years. I think it's a really interesting twist on it. Uh, I I like how it surprises you. Even I'd seen it 11 years ago. I'm watching it again now. I thought Gene Hackman, again, was was the the, the main protagonist. And it took me until about halfway through to realize, again, I was wrong. Uh, So I think it does (laughs) a good job of that. Um, it is slow. It is a Clint Eastwood mopes a lot in the first half. And so it takes I mean, a while. But so much moping just so even, but even when they're like on the hunt, it still is like a slow yeah. moving thing. And then he kind of gets like pneumonia and almost dies, but then he, then he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They do use the yeah. word teats a lot. You, you, you know, you expect <laughs> to hear it like once, um, but it just, I don't know. There were some many times they threw that out there. Um, How did I miss that? They don't, and if you're curious, you know, if you're concerned about content, they don't show anything, but they say the word so much. It was, I, I, I don't know. Must have been, must have been popular uh, terminology. Hmm. So, must uh, but yeah. So the I, word I, of the day. I liked it. I appreciated it. I think anybody, certainly anyone interested in Western should check it out, but really anybody that just, uh, I, I think the script was well-written. Um, and But yeah, it was two hours, and I think it could have been a good like hour and 40 minutes, but that might be my only critique there. All right. I'm here for it. Well, Kate, where do we place it on our master list? We got I don't know. so many movies these days. It's hard to tell. I'm going to, I want to continue to say in the middle. Like, yeah. I mean, well, I, you know what? I I want to say below. See, I'm looking. So Cimarron is always our center or centerfold, right? I enjoyed Cimarron more. Well, I'm um, looking at, you know, is, I think Ben Hur, Cherry Sapphire, Gandhi, I would want to put above they're this. They're all better. Annie Hall, um, I would I put was, below. I, I could put it. I right agree. At, yeah. I agree. Okay. I'm yeah. with you. I, I, I saw I saw Midnight Cowboy and I was like, no, this was better than that. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you look at the movies above, they're all a little more either more important or better. So I think that's a good spot for it. Yeah, Dan. I think that was yeah, we're doing great work. Excellent. Well, Kate, coming up next, it's the big one. The one you've been looking forward to this whole time. We get to nineteen ninety three. Mr. Steven Spielberg directs Liam Neeson in Schindler's List. No, we I don't want to watch that. We see a return of Ben Kingsley uh, as well, and we see Mr. Um, wait, I was about to say Christoph Waltz, but it's not him. It's it's. <laughs> You're confusing it with Inglorious Bastards. Aren't yes, you? who's the who's the German guy that plays Lord Voldemort? Um, Ray Fines. That's it. Ray Fines in his first of a couple appearances on our podcast. So it should well, be an interesting one next time. We'll be, of can course, we just I think, watching. Can we just watch Inglorious Bastards instead? Yeah, that 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 would be something we could compare. <laughs> but don't worry. After okay, Schindler's fine. List, we followed up with Tom Hanks again in Forrest Gump. So thank. A little bit of a palate Lord. cleanser there. And when then we did, get to Braveheart, which is like right after? in the middle, right? Yeah. Oh, Braveheart! So we've got some, we've got some heavy hitters coming up uh, in a row. Ones that most everybody has heard of these days. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, not for Chandler's List. We'll just have to get through it. So All right, same. Kate. Well, let's get to it. Thanks everybody for stopping by. I want to thank uh, Chaz Hearn for our intro outro music. Mm-hmm. And Andre Press, thanks for that logo art. 
And I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And we'll see you next time. From now on, I'll go my own way.